Actually, uh, you should kick it off because your voice sounds better. Okay, Gatsby Heads, we're here with another episode of the OK Gatsby uh, subcolon vibe, vibe and, and read, read with, with us. us. Now, the we're remotely recording these, so our uh, we're not synced up. Our usual lived-in intimate connection. <laughs> That breeds so many classic moments of just two guys who already know what the other guy's going to say, can look into each other's eyes and know what's funny about this moment. That's gone. That's We're, all gone. There's it's a all, little bit all. of a digital separation from what was usually our white hot, never stop riffing. Nonstop, interrupting one another with social cues firing. Yeah. That's all gone. No more. So you, Get I'm ready sorry. for. It's gonna be a little less, uh, maybe like a half second delay. Yeah, like and then what's important is that we're calling it out right away, and so everyone cannot, can really enjoy it. Yeah, you can't criticize us. We're doing <laughs> our best. We're doing our very best. We hope we're you're doing, all doing well. Yeah, this is our uh, our first attempt at recording in uh, in quarantine. How's your yes. isolation going over there in in Casanova, New York? I'm in Casanova, New York, um, living in my parents' house. I've been here for five weeks, and it's uh, going good. I'm getting a lot of reading done, I guess. Ooh. And uh, I might be called down for dinner at some point, and I have to go, Mom! <laughs> Mom, I'm doing a podcast! Mom! <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'm expressing my literary analysis! Yeah, moms just don't understand. You got to riff on these books. Yeah. <laughs> Are you on Xbox again? Mom, I'm not on Xbox. I'm talking to my friend Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Mr. Bingley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're living so, a good, uh, like, uh, what's it, the, you see, is it called The Quiet Place or The Silent Place? Uh... uh John Krasinski movie where he walks around the woods very quietly talk, talking to no one. Yeah, that's basically my life, right? I don't know what that is, but that yeah, the quiet place, silent place, the good place. Uh, yeah. Those are all happening right now. You're living the good place because I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I am here in uh, Brooklyn, New York, USA. Heaven's in the heart of it, the famous hot spot. I am uh, in my room. Doing a lot of playing of Luigi's Mansion. Uh, I I got a Switch a couple weeks before this, and it has been a lifesaver. I bought it with a tax return, and I was like, I feel stupid. Maybe I should have, like, like I'm getting too old to do this. Genius. And then, and then I was, like, immediately, like, oh, no one can move ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Time to break out the, the endless entertainment system. I really miss Zelda. I really do. Yeah, what what you could have had instead of being you, with buddy. your loved hey. ones in a world historical crisis. <laughs> but more importantly, there's a really old book that needs to be analyzed. Yes. Am I right or am I right? Well, you're right, baby. We got to get to this. And What's really slaying is is uh, Elizabeth's social critiques. 
Yes. Now she's been socially distancing her whole life. <laughs> she's so off-putting with her criticisms. <laughs> she really is. She's she's really called she calls it the fake friends are being called out. Yes. She like uh you know she's just giving it to I was saying it's like it's an execution style like down the line bam 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 like everyone's getting theirs. Yeah, it's it's a uh, I quit F you <laughs> chapter. Yes. F you F you you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Wickham you're okay. Wickham you're okay even though you don't have any money. Yeah, yeah. His yeah, uh, his uh, arc is very funny in all this. <laughs> of like his the gossip of uh, of him being like, "Oh, he's cute and fun." And then it's like, "$10,000. He's really hit on that lady." Yeah. <laughs> that's over. Yeah, right. He just goes for the lady who has money and that's it. Yeah. He doesn't get to talk. We we never we never hear him talk. Yes, he gets one speech where he complains about Darcy and then uh, otherwise he's just a handsome guy Elizabeth thinks about. Right, he's got one like exchange of looks some with Darcy. Object for us to ogle at. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Wickham is just a. He's just a. Uh, he's a manic pixie dream boy. Yeah, he's just a, well. Yeah, sure. He's a piece of exposition. <laughs> yeah, Wickham. So we're on uh, part two, volume two in my book. Uh, your book doesn't have that. Chapter twenty-five in my book. Yeah, so the first chapter is just the other shoe drops. Miss Bingley's letter arrives saying, like, look, we're not coming back. And Bingley, like, isn't going to write to you. Yeah, it's chapter, it's 24 in my book. I don't know if you're following along in which version, but, you know, yes. it's free everywhere. So, yeah, the letter, off, the letter arrives. Yes, the Miss Bingley's letter arrived and put an end to doubt, which is such a dramatic sentence. <laughs> Letters, letters are always arriving and causing pain. <laughs> I know. So yeah, they're all they're going to be in London for the winter, and guess what? Jane's not invited. There's no mention of Jane being invited of of anything like that. And then I love the dramatic sentence in the next paragraph. Hope was over, entirely over. <laughs> <laughs> entirely over. Me and Bingley are done. Yes. It. It's all right. Bye-bye, Jane. That was a fun summer. It's the Grease song all over again of like, oh, man, I'm at this summer, babe. <laughs> tell me tell more. Tell me more. Tell, tell me more. Wow, nice. Did she go to a ball? <laughs> <laughs> Did you dance with her twice? Were you gone by the fall? <laughs> summer loving. And then Elizabeth has to reflect on... Bingley's character. Because Which is, now, this is great. Because in the beginning she said that like, hey, Bingley's better than the usual idiots you like. I think she even calls them stupid people. <laughs> yeah, simple or something. Yeah, like he's nice but simple. Uh, and so this is her reflection. And as much as she had always been disposed to like him, she could not think without anger, hardly without contempt, on that easiness of temper that want of proper resolution which now made him the slave of his designing friends and led him to sacrifice his own ha- happiness to the caprice of their inclinations. Right. So his whole thing about being a nice guy, um, which is like basically his only selling point, besides his money, his selling point is like he's nice to Jane. He's truly in love with Jane. Yes, very um, he's charming a nice, to her. Yeah. yeah, he's a nice guy. Charming. 
that's actually his downfall because he, it allows him to let his sisters manipulate him into being with uh, Miss Darcy instead of and just ignoring Jane entirely. Yeah, he's so obsessed with just going with the flow just because he doesn't want to like rock the boat at all that like he let his more assertive friends choose his love for him instead of himself and therefore hurt Jane. Right. And Elizabeth is a perfect character to point this out because she is like right now learning about how like being nice is not going to do it for you. You need to be incisive and decisive and, you know, figure out your own destiny rather than let, let things happen to you. So she has contempt for the way that Bingley has sort of existed. She points this out. A bland positivity with no real backbone or stakes to it. Where it's like, oh, you're just just gonna hurt people that like you because you're under control of people far more assertive than you. Right. Which is uh which is like yeah, that's that's something to think about. That's the type of guy that I have been, and it's like, oh, it's weird to see it be ripped apart like this. <laughs> yeah, right. The, uh, we're both, yeah, they're like, oh, he's just, he's he's almost too nice. Yeah. That's the yeah. guy. That's, that's like that's you. You're above reproach if you're just a, a happy-go-lucky guy who <laughs> never <laughs> asserts himself in any way. And it's like, oh, no, you could be a reproach for that, too. I know. That was a tough lesson to learn, wasn't it? When it's like, oh, I can be too nice. Damn. Oh, that it's actually hurting people to be like this? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Jane is is processing all of this. In a very Jane way. Yes. She's like, she's thinking the best of everybody, which is infuriating, frankly. Yes. Their only complaint is that her mom keeps bringing it up. I'm like, Mrs. Bennett complains like it had happened to her. Yeah. <laughs> which it did. I mean, this is like a nightmare for her. Yes. She was going to have two... Two married daughters. Now she's got none. Yeah. Um, she left two daughters on base on third. You know. Yeah. So close. Couldn't get him in. And this this is my uh, this is my favorite line that Jane says because it's the most Jane line of all time. He may live in my memory as the most amiable man of my acquaintance, but that is all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. That's it. That's he may it. be the man I love the most in the world, but that's all he'll ever be. <laughs> that's as high as he's gonna get. Is the best guy I've ever met. Yes, he but amiable. Amiable is important, right? That's like friendly. Yes, and that. But that's also like a huge thing to Jane. Of like, oh, he. Mu- it, it was the kindest, like, friendliest guy I've ever met. Uh, and of my like, I guess I would I would read acquaintances like. It was acknowledged like flirting or uh, right, platonic courtship. Acquaintance is second base in this society. Yeah, that's if you're an acquaintance, dear lord. On the first date, you're an acquaintance. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Whoo! Guess you're not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "I have nothing either to hope or fear, and nothing to reproach him with. Thank God, I have not that pain." A little time, therefore, I certainly, sh- I shall certainly try to get the better. She's like, well, he didn't do anything wrong. I just uh, loved him more than anything. And uh, give me a little bit, and I will be right back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're made for each other. They're they're both, like, very positive, friendly, upbeat people. Refuse you know? to be critical of anyone. That's what's so exciting about the arc of these five chapters is that 
That's how bad the Bingley sisters are, is that they finally get some criticism from Jane. Yeah, oh my god. When Jane admits that they were, like, she uses a word that's, like, just, just across the line of, like, they were maybe... I went, maybe. If I were not... If I didn't know their better half, I would say they might be duplicitous. <laughs> duplicitous, yeah. They may be duplicitous. It's like, man, Jane, they were duplicitous as hell. <laughs> There's no denying how duplicitous they are. So funny. Um, yeah, and Elizabeth obviously is having none of this. Elizabeth is like, you are too good. You are too good, Jane. You think Jane, too good of him. You got screwed over by an F-boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> An F boy. I know. I'm trying so hard to. <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. You're doing. You're doing. You're doing what would great. be like? What are like element? Is there like a a kids' pop version of that word? I don't know. Frick boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a fudge boy. That's <laughs> just like a, a chunky, <laughs> a chunky child. He wants to take your fudge. He doesn't want to commit to making <laughs> he, you any fudge. He doesn't want to like be your friend. He'll just eat your fudge. <laughs> <laughs> and that this this is a great. Uh, this is Elizabeth's uh, general review of the entire world. Yeah, <laughs> there are few people whom I really love, and still fewer of whom I think well. The more I see of the world, the more I am dissatisfied with it. And every day confirms my belief of the inconsistency of all human characters and of the little dependence that can be placed on the appearance of either merit or sense. So that's what she's like. This world's chaos. Everyone's an idiot. <laughs> you, I, I, like, I like you. I love more people than I like. <laughs> I love that line, yeah. I, I, I love... Um, there, there are, are still few fewer people whom I, I really like. love and, and still, still fewer, fewer of whom I think well. Yeah, perfect. So good. I, I don't even think well of my entire family. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I don't think well of them. I don't think they're great people. This is like, yeah, it's like Elizabeth's kind of coming into her own. Um, and some of the stuff that was earlier kind of like in in uh, in the narration that Elizabeth thinks that, Elizabeth is, is saying it now. To Jane. Of like, to Jane. People are awful. And this is right, like the exact opposite of people are all people are wonderful. And it's like, yeah, literally like not even all of our family is wonderful. <laughs> right. Right. Elizabeth is, is so good in, the, in this episode. She's she kills it. Yes. Uh, she and then she starts ranting about uh, Charlotte marrying Mr. Collins. And it <laughs> and it's like it's a really breaking moment for her of like, here is a here is a friend, my best friend, who I esteem so highly. And right. she made a choice at the very opposite of my values. Of Mr. Like, Collins like... <laughs> is a conceited, pompous, narrow-minded, silly man. <laughs> no, what a great description. That's, that's what she. That's what she says. Like, and Charlotte married him. You know, this is what we're dealing with. This is who she married. If you marry someone like that, you must be not who I thought you were. <clears throat> right. And it is kind of devastating to see, like. Because obviously we know Charlotte. We got a little bit more insight than Elizabeth did of Charlotte being like, "Look, I'm not. I'm not a handsome woman. Here's a guy with some money, and he's willing to marry anyone. I'm gonna hitch my my uh, wagon to this." Yeah, the game is the game. The game's the game. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Don't hate the player. And then she's like, "Well," and Elizabeth's like, "No, you could hate both. <laughs> <laughs> you should. You should hate both." <laughs> but it is like a sad moment of like, oh. 
this cruel system tearing a uh, otherwise good female friendship apart. Yeah. And then they go back to talking about Jane is defends Charlotte in mass and just anyone ma- choosing marriage uh, with a guy that's a dork. Right. <laughs> the moral choice of marrying a dork. <laughs> <laughs> marrying a narrow-minded silly man. <laughs> there's a and then there's a, just a funny insight about what women fancy admiration means more than it does. Jane says that and then Elizabeth says and men take care that they should. Yeah. Of, of like they're they're flirting. This is what they know they want. This is what they want when they flirt with you. They think that you're going to get married. Right, Jane's like, oh, this is a weird accident that that women um, take so much stock in the admiration of men, and Jane's like, or no, Elizabeth's like, no, no, that's exactly what they want. That is that is the system. They want you to be excited to the point of like, he's gonna marry me, and, and exactly, like, yeah, I can really tease these women into a, a fervor. I know. You gotta love teasing women into a fervor. <laughs> With your acquaintanceship. Yeah, I love to be acquaintances with with. Let's lots get of acquainted. Women. Yeah. <laughs> Again, she talks about Bingley being like he didn't do this by design. He is just thoughtless and does not want to is not willing to fight for a resolution. Yeah, he, he just goes with the flow. So she's like, "Hey, that's a flaw. That's a deep." flaw that's hurt you literally you got hurt by this flaw why aren't you acknowledging this flaw and she goes let me and jane jane kind of defends her worldview um this line uh let me take it in the best light in the light in which it may be understood so it's almost like she can't understand it unless she can think about it in an optimistic way yeah she's like i have to operate from the the understanding that this is how humans are that's the only way i can argue about this and it like so they're oper- it's like it's two different fields of philosophy of like a whim or people are bad, therefore this is what happened, and th- and she can't get Jane to agree to that because her fundamental premise is people are good, and this is what happened. Right. So they do that, but this this is a big uh, the philosophical battle of people are good. Or as Slipknot famously put it, people equals shit. <laughs> <laughs> Who put it that way? Slipknot. Slipknot. Oh, Famous yeah. Famous Iowa metal band Slipknot. I know who Slipknot is. But I'm just not familiar with their with their oeuvre. Their back catalog? Yeah. <laughs> their deep cuts? Or, or their front catalog or their <laughs> uh, shallow cuts. Yeah. All right. You don't like to wear a crazy mask and get all riled up in your parents' basement? Well, I do, but it's a separate from my music <laughs> taste. Yeah, you, you've developed a weird fetish back home. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen a woman that's not in your family for... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And back to the literature. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, back. We're not talking about it. <laughs> how about... Uh, I mean, there's a pretty savage Mr. Bennett moment, which we obviously we love. That happens love, right here. We love our Mr. Bennett. Don't we, folks? <laughs> Don't we, folks? We love it. So Mr. Bennett's all excited about this development because he's under the belief that ladies love to be scorned because then it gives them stature among their friends. Right. Like, Again, I was scorned by this this man, and they are all jealous. Yeah, something to talk about for a month. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, once again, they're, the culture uh, of his daughters is being skewered. He's, he's able to skewer uh, the system 
from his point of view as a father of four daughters. And he's like, uh, five daughters, I think. Five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Five. We got, we got Jane, Elizabeth, Coffin, Mary, Lydia, and then the... No, reading Mary and coughing. Who coughs? C- Catherine. Catherine Kitty. Yeah, you're right. Five, five daughters. Sorry. Coughing and then, Kitty. And then Mr. Bennett even is like, uh, "I hope Mr. Wickham jilts you." <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky, he'll jilt you. Won't that be exciting for you? Because so he still is playing it easy. Of like, oh, my daughters didn't get married. That's fun. It's it's all. This is the most exciting time of their lives. Is yeah. All he kind of likes it. Yeah, yeah, he enjoys it. Of like all the little gossip developing. And he's like, look, this is the most fun you'll ever have. This is what everyone else talks about the rest of their lives. <laughs> <laughs> this happens. Your mom talks about it. And then I, she talks about it to me. <laughs> and every other woman in town talks about it. <laughs> so that the chapter ends with uh, that uh, illustrious insight by uh, by Mr. Bennett. And then we move on to the cool ant is in town. Man, this ant is so cool. Yes. She's young. So the, She's from the city. Yes. Mrs. She Gardner. Is, no, she, she's got no kids. She lives in, this, in the, the up-and-coming neighborhood of London. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she, uh, she's the Brooklyn ant that comes to visit to tell you what's cool in Brooklyn. <laughs> yes, she knows fashion. Right. So she arrives, um, and, of course, uh, Mrs. Bennett tells all her pains to her about Elizabeth right. denying the marriage and and Jane not being married either. I, she even put, throws in the line, it was very hard to think that she might have been Mr. Collins' wife by this time had it not been for her own perverseness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perverse. What it's perverse doing... that she didn't accept. <laughs> right. Self-actualization is a perverse pursuit in this culture. Like yes. being being like I don't want to be that guy's wife cuz I don't like him. That's insanely perverse. Yeah. And then um, uh Mrs. Gardner is famous for telling them what's fashionable and and Mrs. Bennett entered a long rant about uh you're coming just at this time is the greatest of comforts and I'm very glad to hear what you tell us of long sleeves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long? How long are How these long sleeves? Are That's what's in fashion right now? <laughs> yeah, very We got to know. Yeah. Um, and then Ms. Gardner pulls Elizabeth aside to discuss love with Mr. Right, Wickham. so the real stuff happens now. I feel like Mrs. Gardner was kind of was kind of like letting Mrs. Bennett direct Be the conversation. Yeah. Right. And then Ms. Gardner pulls Elizabeth aside and says, like, hey, I hear you're talking to, to Wickham. And yeah. She, and she's like, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> And she's like, well, he's got no money. You got to be careful with that. And and Elizabeth is, like, genuinely, this is her most coy and almost kind of blushing moment of her being like, well, I'll try to keep him away from me. <laughs> I'll do what I can to not fall in love. Yeah, right. <laughs> To make him not fall in love with me, but if he does, he does. Right. Uh, but the, again, here, like, right, even the cool aunt is like, "Hey, don't, don't marry this guy. He's got no money. It sucks." Wh- and but she's like, "I know why he doesn't have money, and that stinks." But you can't marry a guy with no money. Right. Everyone knows the Darcy thing now. Everyone is like so Team Wickham, anti Darcy, which is fun. 
Yeah. He's the, yeah, he's the cool, uh, the the poor, handsome fellow. Underdog, who, yeah, right. But who he got is jilted poor. by the common enemy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Jane is invited to London to stay. She gets to stay with the cool aunt. She gets to go into the city, which is yeah. going to help with the Bingley thing. Yeah, because he's in the city now, and maybe they'll run into each other. And Ms. Gardner's like, look, he doesn't come to our neighborhood. Don't get that out of your head. <laughs> You're not going to run into him. He'll, he might come visit you. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to write him some letters and really beg. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to be at the bar. It's a big city. It is a big city. Yeah. Um, let's see here. There, Corey. So, yeah, that's the big thing is like Elizabeth's like, all right, fine. I'm not, I won't marry uh, Wickham, even though he's cute and fun. Yeah. <laughs> Which is she has the yeah the prud- the imprudence of encouraging such an attachment that's what that's how it, it would be imprudent to encourage the attachment yes. again it's like the women are just susceptible to whether or not the men attach themselves to yeah. them there's only like you can only resist so much before it's rude so it's best to not even let him ask right and and uh, yeah, Elizabeth's like you know he's only coming over for dinner so much because you guys are here. It's like they're trying to like maintain their entertainment. Yeah, with all the officers. I, like and stuff. I didn't ask mom to invite him. It's like you did a couple times. She's like, yeah, sure, a couple times, but <laughs> yeah. Do you get the sense that Elizabeth likes Wickham or no? Oh, I feel like very I... much so. But also, what's really? weird is that the next chapter, she's like, you know, like now he likes this other girl, and I'm not that mad about it, so I probably didn't love him. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I get the sense by the end of this chunk that Elizabeth wasn't that into it. She she liked having somebody to like her. That that yeah. gets talked about I think next chapter. Let's look at yeah. Um she liked having somebody into her. Uh is my is my perception. Yeah. So that next chapter, oh, did I jump ahead? Cuz yeah, that was we're, uh we're at 26, right? Or chapter Okay, so chapter two is that they're invited two. him to Jane. So that this was both cha- or chapter two and three or and twenty five and twenty six or whatever. Um, is that yeah? Don't don't marry him. Uh, even though he's he's got no money, so that's that will not be good. Oh wait, hang on. All right, so yeah, there's a little bit of talk, and then Jane's in London, and. Jane uh, has difficulty getting some letters back from the Bingleys. Yeah, she's being ignored by the Bingleys, which is like so classic. And eventually, um, yeah, go ahead. I do like this uh, this line when she's being teased by her aunt about Wickham. Elizabeth goes, "How can I promise to be wiser than so many of my fellow creatures if I am tempted? Or how am I even to know that it would be wisdom to resist?" <laughs> <laughs> it's her most carried away in the spirit of romance that we see her. Right. All right, let's see here. Uh, so, but so she sends a couple letters, gets nothing. Uh, she Bingley's out of town. Bingley's over at Darcy's all the time now. Is what we find out. Right. So they're being kept apart, even from like receiving her letters. And then, this is when we find out that Jane has found out that they're not friends anymore. Because Miss Bingley comes over to visit. And the alteration of her manner would allow Jane to deceive herself no longer. 
They're not friends. Yeah. She she like barely apologized for not writing her back. It's like a snub. Yes. She yeah, doesn't she, stay very long. Yeah, stays like a couple minutes, barely as kind, has no almost no updates for her, and then leaves. She's like just fulfilling her social obligation to the point that she knows it's obligatory. Yes. And it does so coldly. It doesn't even have the weird formal like uh politeness that she had it in town. Whatever happened to the the Bingley who took care of Jane when she was sort of sick for two weeks? You know, yeah, how did that go so far? Because like, because you think at least that they would like her a little bit, but just to be rude, it's like, oh man, now I'm mad about this. <laughs> Me too, man. We're playing with our girl Jane for sure. Uh, she write, Jane writes to Lizzie, my dearest Lizzie, will I am sure be incapable of triumphing in her better judgment at my expense when I confess myself to have been entirely deceived in Miss Bingley's regard for me. <laughs> but my dear sister, the event has proved you right. Do not think me obstinate if I still assert that, considering what her behavior was, my confidence was as natural as your suspicion. It's like, look, she really lied to me. <laughs> yeah, like she. This is like as much as Jane can. She's admitting that she, that, that Elizabeth was right. Yeah, she's like, I, I had every reason to believe I was right, but it turns yeah. out you were right. When she yeah, did so come, if I were not afraid of judging, this is the line we were talking about earlier. Yeah. If I were not afraid of judging harshly, I should be almost tempted to say that there is a strong appearance of duplicity in this. How <laughs> funny is that? Like, it's almost, see, if I didn't know better, if it I almost didn't know, I would almost say that they're being a bunch of jerks. Yes. But I know better. I'm not. I'm not a judge. <laughs> right. So Jane is finally has to come to terms with the fact that they were just messing with her. And although she hasn't heard from Bingley yet, so I, I'm holding out some hope for the Bingley romance. Yes, and I believe so, well, Elizabeth mentions that she is too because uh, she she visits the aunt and is like she's so mad about it, and she's like because she's so mad about it, she's like oh I realize that I still think Bingley has a chance. Right. Otherwise, it would be just sad. It's like, we're actually mad at the Bingley sisters. We're mad at Caroline for deceiving Jane. Because it's not um, fine. She doesn't get any hard rejection from Bingley. Exactly. It's just it's just an, an absence of contact, which is, we have to remember, it's much more understandable in this era to have an absence of contact. It's like all he did was he didn't put a pen to paper and mail her a letter. Yeah. He's not not returning a text. This is a... Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's like as if someone had to hand you. It's like a letter, you know. <laughs> type out, like, type out a text. Write something down and put it in an envelope and go get a. I stamp. realized I was I was describing what a letter was. It's, it's like something like take the text and write it down and then hand it to you on a piece of paper, like a letter. Man, ghosting must have been so much easier back then. Oh like, yeah. Oh, oh those I'm the sorry. Days. I uh, I moved to America. <laughs> <laughs> You're like next door. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't tell you I uh, went to America for six years. Uh, <laughs> I was drafted into the Hundred Years' War. <laughs> My mail has been weird. I don't know. <laughs> My mailman got the plague. <laughs> it's got a virus. I don't know what it is. It's acting weird. And then we find out, next paragraph, that uh, Wickham has, uh, has a new woman that he's flirting with. And and Elizabeth uh, Coil, uh, sharply describes the sudden acquisition of ten thousand pounds was the most remarkable charm of the young lady to whom he was now rendering himself agreeable. 
Yeah, everyone agrees that this that this woman Wickham's into is has nothing to offer except for ten thousand pounds. Yes, the, she got ten thousand dollars from her deceased grandfather, and now Wickham's all over her. And it's like, Done. Ah, who cares? Who yeah. cares? And then there's this line: "I am now convinced, my dear aunt, that I have never been much in love. For had I really experienced the pure and elevating passion, I should at present detest his very name and wish him all manner of evil." But my feelings are not only cordial towards him, they are even impartial towards Miss King. So she's there like, look, this it's a bummer, but I didn't love him because I don't hate him right now. Which is an interesting way to look at it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I know I love someone if I want to kill them when they move on. <laughs> right, I don't want to kill him, so I, I must have, yeah, not loved him that much. Which well, is true. And this is funny where she describes... Uh, so Kitty and Lydia are more broken up about this than Elizabeth is. Right. And this is my favorite line. They are young in the ways of the world and not yet open to the mortifying conviction that handsome young men must have something to live on as well as the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Hot guys want money too. <laughs> yeah. You can't just like live for being a hot guy. No. We need. They all need money. I almost said we. <laughs> we all. Us handsome men need money. We, us handsome fellas, we need money. Handsome guys right in. It <laughs> sucks. It sucks, right? <laughs> Handsome guys are standing by, waiting for your money. <laughs> Local handsome guys in want of a wife. <laughs> yeah, in want of a wife. Let's see here. And then Elizabeth is writing with Charlotte, describing the married life. Charlotte's kind of vague and... Uh, and not very detailed and just kind of overly pleasant. And it's clear to Elizabeth that she's trying to highlight everything good. She doesn't want to right. talk about anything negative. But Elizabeth's like, well, we, our intimacy comes from mutual complaining. Oh, right. And they love complaining. Yeah. And that she won't complain with her. It's like, oh, we're never going to be the same friends. Because, like, Charlotte is, like, very cons- – like, char- like, she still likes Elizabeth. Cause right. But it's borne out – like, it's been borne out, like – um, their differences are so um, established and rooted now. They've both made like a huge decision. Yes. And it's the opposite decision. So they, they can't be, as as Elizabeth said right away, we're not going to be friends again. We're not going to make close friends again. Yes. Because she also was like, Elizabeth hates that I did this. Right. And I have to, I can't complain to her about it because she's going to, I told you so to me. Right. So it's tough. And then, let's see here. Uh, she They stop by the... I get kind of confused because, like, she's all over the place. She's in London a little bit with her aunt for a second before she finally visits. I guess I guess he lives in London too, right? Yeah. Yeah, he lives in London. He lives with Catherine DeBeau in London. So that's part of the London visit is a little visit to um, her friend Charlotte and Mr. Collins. Yes. So I guess there are letters that are happening in London from Charlotte, even though it's like they're across town. Yeah. And then they go and visit. So now they're visiting. Yeah, right, right before when she's talking to her aunt again, uh, it's a very funny exchange because like, cause, cause she's like, hey, Wickham is now in love with this girl who has $10,000. And Mrs. Gardner's like, oh, no, is he a guy who likes women with $10,000? And we're like, wait a minute, Mrs. Gardner. You said do not fall in love with him. He has no money. Right. Oh my God. Well, exactly. This is the system. Right. And she's like, "Well, I don't want him. 
I don't want to think ill of him that he want, just wants money. And he's like, well, what is it? It's like, hey, the handsome men need money as much as the plain men do. Yes. And then this is my favorite line because Mrs. Gardner goes, no, Lizzie, this is what I do not choose. I should be sorry, you know, to think ill of a young man who has lived so long in Derbyshire. So I don't want to think it got bad of a guy who lives in Derbyshire. And Elizabeth goes, oh, if that is all, I have a very poor opinion of young men who live in Derbyshire and their intimate friends who live in Hertfordshire are not much better. I'm sick of them all. Thank heaven. I'm going tomorrow where I shall find a man who has not one agreeable quality, who has neither manner nor sense to recommend him. Stupid men are the only ones worth knowing after all. This is, it's so good. It's so like, she's like just spraying the machine gun of social critique. She's just like, yeah, Derbyshire sucks. And you know what else sucks? Hertfordshire. And uh, all the shires around here. Jersey rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all these all these guys from these towns, they're, they're uh, once again, they're fudge boys. <laughs> F- bunch of fudge boys, classic, classically. Yeah. Of all flavors. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, stupid men are the only ones worth knowing after all. <laughs> I love that. That yeah. that should have been that should be like a Tumblr quote. That should be like in italics. Stupid men are the only ones worth knowing after all. Yeah. I don't like them from this town. I don't like them from the town over. They're stupid there too. <laughs> yeah. So good. Uh and then they kind of talk about, "Hey, we'll go up north and we'll see some uh nature." And she's and she says the line, "What are men to rocks and mountains?" <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good point. So yeah, Elizabeth is on right now is on a I'm done with romance. A rock has never led me on. <laughs> yeah. A rock has never married someone else for $10,000. <laughs> yeah. So Elizabeth is like, men, you're on the pay no mind list. Pay no mind. Pay no mind. Bye-bye, honey. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So then they go to Hunsford. Yes. Right? Now they're visiting Charlotte. And this was this was tough to get through because anytime uh, – Mr. Collins is around. It is a tedious affair. <laughs> he is boring on the page. It's funny that the changes. I noticed the changes though. It's kind of interesting the changes. Like Charlotte is a little bit less. Charlotte's able to roll with the punches of this marriage a little bit. Yes. Like sh- she's kind of happy, and she's showing them the ways in which she's happy. And Mr. Collins is a little bit more comfortable in his home. He's able to show off all the things he has. Yeah, he's very clearly trying to, like, rub his rub Lizzie's nose in it. Of like, look at right. the life you could have had. Right. He shows her around specifically to be like, you could have lived here, and you could have done this and lived here. Right. And then my favorite part is uh, Mr. Collins like, hey, come take a stroll in the garden, and he's like, it's my favorite ho- hobby, even though. I mean, even Charlotte likes it. And you find out that Charlotte's like, is saying, like, please go walk in the garden as much as possible. <laughs> She's always desperately trying to get him out of the house. Because <laughs> we, we, we know that Mr. Collins is more of a walker than a reader. That's what, that's what Mrs., Mr. Bennett called him. I think he's more of a walker than a reader. <laughs> he's a dumb, he, yeah, he's and, a dumb and sim. Charlotte's like, please leave. I, I cannot <laughs> look at you. <laughs> Right, and she likes the alone time, and it's she's like kind of happy with her new life. I mean, I'm almost kind of happy for Charlotte in this mode, where it's like she's she got what she wanted, and she is acting like she wanted it, which is nice. She's not like regretting it. Yes, but there's also sort of a uh, rigid 
rigidity to it because she has to prove to Elizabeth. Yeah. Right. You can see her maybe crumbling after a couple of years of putting up this facade. Yeah. And it's also like Mr. Collins is there. So it's like if she was alone in her house being like, look, this is the lovely garden. And it, like I bet Elizabeth would feel different. But like Mr. Collins is, is walking around giving little speeches and everything. Well, yeah, but there is a there is a. Uh, yeah. See, like in chapter. Yeah. In chapter 28, like uh, once or twice, she could discern a faint blush. But in general, Charlotte wisely did not hear anything that Mr. Collins said that was embarrassing. Yeah, she just tunes so, it out. Yeah, Elizabeth always would look over at Charlotte whenever Mr. Collins is saying an embarrassing thing like, is this what you wanted? Yeah. And Charlotte is pretty able, she's able to roll with the punches. I mean, like, I, you can kind of tell, like, Charlotte was kind of made for this life. Or, like, she's fully committing to the situation. Like, this is the best it's going to be, so I need to right. practice it. Right. There's a funny line of, uh, and everything was, uh, it was rather small but well-built and convenient. And everything was fitted upon and arranged with a neatness and consistency of which Elizabeth gave Charlotte all the credit. When Mr. Collins could be forgotten, there was really a great air of comfort throughout. By Charlotte's evident enjoyment of it, Elizabeth supposed he must be often forgotten. <laughs> so he's like, all right, Charlotte does seem genuinely happy because this is a lovely house. And she must be very good at, at not thinking about Mr. Collins. <laughs> right. I think that there is an, an an invitation to meet the famous uh, lady, lady Catherine Le- Debeau. Yes. And du bow bow. And what's or is his, it du bow? What's that? Is it Catherine du bow? Is it like du bow bow? <laughs> you know? Okay, good. Okay, that's that's the joke I was doing. The Ferris Bueller moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get to see the daughter, and what's funny about that to me so that the the daughter is promised to darcy in marriage uh or allegedly so right and to consolidate the fortune right yes. it's like third cousins or something right and elizabeth is looking at this it's kind of a very cruel moment but she's looking at the daughter who is very sickly and is like kind of so happy that she's gonna be so much trouble for darcy yeah Let's see if i can find that part because it was kind of like, wow, Elizabeth, you are very petty. <laughs> Let's see. Well, it's like, I think it's like we're starting to get back into the Darcy mode, where it's like, I think Elizabeth still maybe is thinking about Darcy. Darcy's definitely involved. Yeah. We're setting up a Darcy thing, I think. He's not to be forgotten, even when he's in London and not talking to anyone for months. Yeah. That's that's how much of a bad impression will stick with you. <laughs> You meet someone perfectly pleasant at a party, you're like, all right. But you meet a jerk, you're like, I'm going to remember this jerk the rest of my life. Bad boys. See, even Jane Austen was calling out the nice guys versus bad boy dichotomy. (laughs) The dichotomy. A false binary. Thank you. Nice guys can be a little bit bad sometimes, you know? (laughs) Let's see. It's near the end of the chapter that uh, that she sees this daughter, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's right in there. She's quite a little creature. Wh- who would have thought she could be so thin and small? She's abominably rude to keep Charlotte out of doors in all this wind. What, what does she not come in? Um, and it's because Miss, Miss DeBeau is like so oh, above yeah. them. And here it is. I like her appearance, said Elizabeth, struck with other ideas. She looks sickly and cross. 
yes, she will do for him very well. She will make him a very proper wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's caddy, man. This is like yeah. this is pure pure caddy. Like she looks great. Yeah. So you look oh, great. So pretty. Darcy's gonna be so happy with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get to see her flirty with Wickham and like kind of coy about like if he loves me, he loves me, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to see her be like, I'm glad Darcy is marrying this sick, sick woman. <laughs> yeah, she's come into her own and she's being truly savage about it. Yes. That's where we're at, basically. That's that's really what's happened in this episode for me. It's like, a mask off moment for Elizabeth. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens, like, how she sort of continues this persona she's stepping into of, like, utter critique. Yeah. Everyone's in London at the same time. What's going to happen? It's, it's, a, exactly. it's a boiling pot for social drama. Right. There's no more letters. I mean, like, there's no more distance. It's like all the characters are now back together again in a new situation. Yeah. Cards in the table. Yeah. Guns drawn. Guns drawn. We're here. Yeah, so we'll see a lot. They 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 really take like these were kind of setup chapters. It's a lot of like big event reflection, setup for the next big event. Right. And it feels and like at the beginning we got the reflection on the chaos of oh Bingley's gone, and the Bingley sisters are fully jerks. Right. the The Bingley thing was tied up. The Wickham thing was tied up. And then we got to London to kind of set up whatever the London thing is going to be, which I'm excited about. Yes. We'll see. It's going to Tune be- in. Tune in to what happens in London. I mean, I think Bingley, yeah, it feels like Bingley and Jane need to finish whatever this is. I mean, like, Bingley has to tell Jane to her face, like, we're done. I'm, not, I'm tired of the sisters speaking for Bingley or just kind of, like, making, like, if they're, if they're being cold, that's not the same as Bingley being cold himself. You know? Yeah. No, for sure. I feel like they're very purposely setting it up. That, like, I mean, I think by design he's being kept away. Like, he, he's not getting the letters because he's always at Darcy's. And I don't think she has Darcy's address. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like, uh, the yeah, like his phone is dead and, uh, you know. Yeah. It's not, he's not coming back on. Like, it's like he's on a flight or, like, he's, like, in another country where he can't get texts. Not even. Yeah. No, he's being ghosted. Uh, she's being ghosted by the sisters of like a deliberate ghost. <laughs> right. It's like some, it's like a Shakespearean letter stealing plot that would never work now, but we had to just kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 <laughs> I've been stealing all your mail. So uh, I think, <laughs> I think you've gotten quite a few engagement proposals that you'll never know about. <laughs> so when everything settles down, you're going to get a bunch of water in the face from a, a long line of women. Oh man. And I, even though I'm fair of countenance, uh, you know I was uh, incredibly rude and cold. You you have a want of re- resolution that is just. <laughs> you let me manipulate your happiness. <laughs> cold. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for something to actually happen. Let's be honest. This is this is the slowest chapter. Thank you for sticking through. Yeah. Uh, with us. No, it's not uh, literally. No one no danced. One, not no one, one exploded. Danced. I uh, no no balls. I uh, no balls. I've been, I've been watching The Sopranos, and at no point <laughs> it'd be nice if uh, they went to Bada Bing <laughs> to do all their boring conversations. Right. Oh my God! Exactly. Right. This is the expo- This is the exposition before they invented the idea of like let's have something really cool happening in the foreground while they t- talk all this through. Yeah. Bada Bing. No, that was not a uh, that was not a part of writing at that point. <laughs> 
No, but I, like the social critique is really there. I really enjoy Elizabeth coming out. Um, but I'd like I'd like some some actual conflict instead of this kind of like uh, wrapping up and dissecting what already happened. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of it's a lot of group chat response to tweets, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Screenshotted tweets. Screenshotted yeah. tweets put in the group chat of like, what is going on? Like, what is? Yeah, <laughs> what's his problem? Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we did. We did a great job, Kev. I think we, this has went okay for our first yeah. uh, a quarantine episode. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Terrence Hartnett, obviously, and I'm uh, Ha Hartnett on Instagram. I am Kevin Lomkovich. I'm at Kevin Lomkovich on Twitter. At Kevin Lopko on Instagram. We got a uh, a, a meme page at OK Gatsby Pod. Memes. We post, we post silly memes there. If you want to check that out, and uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. You know